What's up, guys? Tyler Tambolini here, aka Toe Tag and Tambo, back for another Saturday edition of the Round Four Showdown Show. Probably want to first off say Happy Independence Day to everyone. Happy Fourth. I had to rock a little bit of my red, white, and blue gear just so I could be ready for you guys earlier this week on the Wednesday show. Wished a Happy Canada Day to everyone, you know. And now we're here to your guys' holiday, which I'm just as happy to celebrate with a few drinks. So uh, we'll get through this, and then we'll get to finishing off the partying, but. Uh, first off, I want to remind everyone a couple things. One, this show is going to be free this week, as you can already tell, where usually it is a premium show. So if you guys like what you see at the end of this show or you want more of this stuff, we have all kinds over at rotogrinders.com. Just hit up rotogrinders.com slash premium. Sign up. See, you can get all these shows, my Wednesday show, Monday show, and then, of course, all the other content that goes with PGA and the other sports. But even with PGA alone, you got St. Louis Cards 84 or 86, and then you got uh, Notorious as well doing all his stuff. I've got the feed up here. I am going to try and keep a little bit of this stuff underway where I can keep track for once of the YouTube chat and be able to go through some questions you guys might have along the way. But essentially, we're going to go through my normal format. You know, Cards did it for me last week. Appreciate him. Much of thanks to him again. Obviously, the little bit of baby swag. Right now, let me tell you guys, it's baby swagless. So I'm hoping that there's some baby swag lag and maybe Sunday round four is it for me because took a run at it again today and round three didn't quite get there. But Go after it on Sunday. That's what we do this thing for. Each week, we're sort of looking at the same stuff. I like kind of what Cards did last week. He showed you guys the leaderboard first. So we are going to start there. We're going to hop over to my spreadsheet. Those of you that have seen the premium show before know I'm going through. Essentially, I've got, you know, about 10 plays that I love, 10 to 20 plays that I think are sort of fringe plays and outside, and that's sort of your pool. And then you put it into the optimizer on Lineup HQ if you're a premium member and you're able to optimize your lineups that way and build them out accordingly. Every week's a little bit different. We'll definitely talk about the strategy. We'll talk about some of the stuff, you know, last week versus this week. For example, the Brendan Todd situation last week. We're in a similar spot this week, but I think it's different. We'll get to Matthew Wolf. But if you look here, you know, you've got your leaderboard. You first off want to know with round four that it does include your placement points. But as we've talked about on this show before and in the past is about the factors of, you know, a 10th place is only worth 5.5 points, whereas one birdie is worth plenty. So, you know, compared to that. So it's not like, that's the be-all, end-all. You want guys that are going to score. You want guys, some of the chasers, maybe the early morning conditions, uh, in some cases, to have a couple guys in there. So I also want to look at that. And if you go over to windfinder.com with the weather forecast here, you can see this, you know, at the top, you just go to super forecast. Noto does a great job showing this out throughout the week in his articles. You want to scroll down to Sunday. You're having a look here just to see what's going on with the wind. There's not much going on. The gusts are low. The wind's low. I don't think there's any benefit to the weather right now the course has got a little bit more firm and fast uh, you saw today with guys like ryan armor you know matt wallace certain types that that can suit but at the same time just look at what the other guys are doing you know look at matt wolf who we'll get to uh and guys just are able to tear this course up even without having their stats on point so uh like i said i'll try and look in the chat a little bit here but you know someone mentioned right off the hop about are we going to talk about chalk this week i mean here's the situation so let me transfer over here just to share another window and I'm going to bring it up just here right now. I'll let me know when I got this here. So I've got my spreadsheet as normal, I believe. And you're looking at here just some other of my notes for the week that you can see off the top. Uh, first off, yeah, another tight leaderboard, right? We just looked at it. There's a, a, stro- a three-stroke lead there for Wolf. But you've got a lot that we can go through here. There's some big decisions to be made with some of the guys at the top. I said a la Brendan Todd last week. Brendan Todd last week was 8,200. This week, Matt Wolf, 8,200. Last week, Brendan Todd had the lead. Matt Wolf this week has the lead. It's very similar, but I think it's different. And we'll get to that in a second when we get down the board. Uh, what to do with Matt Wolf, we'll talk about it. 
Armour, you know, some of the guys at the top of the board, you know, Armour had a seven late in the round, missed a couple short putts, and then made a nice putt on 18 off the fringe to be able to get right there and get into that final group. Uh, Hubbard was having a great day, having a great tournament. He's been great ever since coming back from the break, actually, in these three events. But he's had some leaky second shots. You know, he missed some short putts down the stretch. What do you do with him? Decky, Finau, Hovland, all guys that had fantastic rounds today. They're going to be coming back around, and you got to make some decisions with them at the top. So we'll get into that. I'll go through how the spreadsheet works and go through some of the plays. If I don't talk about someone, it essentially just means that I'm not interested. So you'll see spots where I just pass over them. Could you play them? Sure. Just not as interested. And I don't want to just give you guys every play on the board. I recognize that there is 75 plays out there and that we're going to talk about 30 to 35. It's half the pool. It is what it is. I mean, it depends on how many lineups you're playing. If you're a single bullet guy, you're going to have to make some stands and I'll sort of talk about some of those as we go through the plays. But for me, you guys know I'm playing multiple lineups. I'm going to mix and match a lot of these plays. And that's why I want to give you sort of 10 of my favorites that are earmarked here in green. And then the yellow ones are sort of those fringe plays. And I'll give you some reasoning behind them. Um, you know, that's where the 10 or so plays and then maybe the 20 other sprinkles come into play. So going down the board right off the top, we got the top guys, Bryson DeChambeau, Webb Simpson, Bryson can't be stopped. I, you know, I saw I'm taking the L on that for the week. It is what it is. You know, he's had to be, you know, strokes gain one putting on day one. Uh, he was top three through the first couple days. I did just see Kyle Porter post on Twitter that he's really messed with shot link. And actually they're taking down some of his drives as his approach shots. And that's skewing his proximity is what it is. We looked at it coming in. If you looked at long-term last 50, hundred rounds, I said this about him. I said, you know, look, could he do it again? Sure. Was it a game theory play? Yes. But when I'm wrong, I'll take an L and he's having another great week without even being there in the mix. So is what it is. Hats off to Bryson. Now's the time to continue on with them. I think, you know, I mentioned here, can't be stopped. I don't even hate having something like a Bryson web and then get your wolf in there and see what happens again. And we'll get to wolf and I'll talk about why, but definitely like him and web the most at the top. I, I hope kind of with the web situation, I still got a Mark green. Um, you know, he hasn't even played the par fives. Well, his ball striking still been very solid. He played a poor round three, which I'm hoping, you know, prayers up a little bit to hope that he just doesn't get as owned as far as round four goes and people want to go off him and get that Hovland, Decky, Finau in there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think you could also use a web play in with your Decky and Finau and skip on Bryson in some lineups if you are playing like me, multiple lineups or MMEing across the field. So um, definitely don't mind putting both of them and then seeing what happens. That's worked for some people pretty much all week. They're both up there. Webb didn't even have a good round today. But for me, um, I like Bryson and Webb at the top. And then Hovland would be sort of the GPP flyer only because I mentioned this every week we've talked about it so far. And he, I think he's a 68, 66, and 66 since coming back from the break. He's always been good on Sundays. He's our Sunday warrior. He's kind of in contention. But the one thing that stands out for me about him, and there's another guy further down the board that most won't talk about this week, but Hovland is, a, is the teammate of Matthew Wolf, right? They're boys. They're, they're the guys that everyone's talking about week in, week out. Now he sees Wolf up there. He's going to want to make a charge at him. He's going to want to get it done here on Sunday. There's not a, as much pressure without the fans, without everything. And, and with him being a little bit down the board, I think if he just does his normal Sunday thing, he's a great play to mix in with your Bryson or mix in with your web lineups, just to be a little bit different if you don't want to put those two together. So I'll mark him. Uh, obviously, you saw today, Decky Finau have phenomenal rounds. Can they continue? I don't know. Uh, you know, Decky still didn't have the putter. I believe in looking at the stats, and I always do a little bit of what I call pre-search here for you guys. I don't want to get into all the stats and going through them one by one. I'd rather just come correct with the plays to go through them with you. But Decky was still above his normal baseline as far as putting goes. So 
while he still hasn't quite found a putter, if you're looking at raw stats, he definitely had a better putter than normal. Uh, him and Finau both turned it up a notch in round three. Round four, they are going to be coming from behind. I think their games are both dialed. They both have had you know pretty solid round fours in the past. Finau has actually been on a tear, just not to what people think, but he's had great rounds under 70 uh, since coming back from the break. He just needs to put one together on the final day. And at 9,500, I think he's a really great price, scores well, decent value, maybe popular, but you can still get unique with him. And then the GBP flyer play would be Redman. Uh, you know, he can score at any time. He opened up strong. People have probably soured on him quite a bit. If you got 20 plus lineups and you want to pivot off someone like Finau or Matsuyama, Redmond would be your play. He's been dialed with the approach game. Someone, like I said, that everyone was on rounds one, two, uh, even some still sticking with him on round three today. But I mean, he was a, a main slate play coming in that everybody was on. I think you can go right back to him for a sneaky play. Uh, another play I really love here, Marked in Green, is Ricky Fowler. Putter around the green has been off, but we know that's sort of his bread and butter. He's always got that in the bag. Had to switch off it. He said last week, I know we sort of questioned a little bit about that cross-handed grip that he was hitting with. Uh, he mentioned in the broadcast early on day one that it was due to blisters and just messing around with it a little bit because of that. I'd say it's back. I just know that the last little couple of rounds, it hasn't been there as far as the strokes gained go. But today, he really found those irons. They, they've been you know sort of off and on. Got those back. Obviously, I mentioned he typically has a great short game. No pressure, not really in contention. Can go out and just post a low round. Don't mind him at 9,100. I think no one will really be on him, and he's one of my favorite plays in this range. Lucas Glover, another good play. Uh, definitely had a rough round three. Loved him pre-tourney. As you guys know, he's a conviction play of mine. Uh, big thing for him is, you know, same great results. He still got it with the irons. He's just still completely missing the putter. I do like Fowler more, but I think you could go to Glover here as another GBB target in 20 plus. Like I say, we'll get more sprinkles as we go throughout. I do want to mention quickly, guys, if you're in the YouTube chat, if you can like, subscribe the video to the video that we're on right now, it does help us out. Uh, any comments you want to post, feedback, it definitely helps us out along the way that you can do that. So we've got set up for future stuff that I do or others do across the premium content. But appreciate you being here with me on this holiday. We'll try and stay in the holiday spirit, find some winners. A uh, couple more GBP plays there in Kisner and Stewart. Not really my favorite plays, but they're having good weeks with the Irons. I really just know with them that it's tough. You know, do they really have the firepower? I know they're coming from behind. They got to put up a low round, but can they shoot, you know, a five under, six under, seven under? It's possible, of course, but do I see them doing it? Not as much as the guy that I like here, which is Harold Varner third. People are probably off of him by now. Uh, really, is that everything but his putter all week? He hasn't really scored on the par fives. Has not taken advantage of those. Everyone loved him for the main slate. Now it seems like it's a spot where they'll sort of go off and you can fit him in there. No problem at 8,500, uh, even in some wolf lineups. So you'll see how your build shake out. But I think those two go together just fine. And I can see some lineups working with that. No problem. Hubbard, big one to talk about. Like I mentioned earlier at the top, he's you know had some leaky second shots with his approach shots or you know second shots in on a par five with the, the wood and, and you know just shots out of the bunker that didn't look too solid some short putts he missed down the stretch, but really I just think that makes people go off him a little bit here and I still like him. I just like Wolf more. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. We'll talk about Wolf. I know last week cards mentioned it with Todd. It's different for me. Here's the deal. If it had been Ryan armor, I put him in a different green here just to talk about this. If it had been Ryan armor here, I probably would have said a little bit different situation. I, I wouldn't be as on him as much. I don't know if he can continue I talk a lot about it, you know, at the couple other guys that I mentioned just at the top of firepower being the theme of this week. This course has four par fives. This course has been very gettable, has been able to score on it. I mean, Wolf has been an animal, no you know, pun intended if you want, but I mean, he's been crazy with the scoring as far as this course goes. 
And I think there's still room for that. And so at 8,200, a three-shot lead, even if he just posts a five under, you know, someone like Bryson has to post an eight or nine under to force something and, and makes, you know, the playoff out of it or win. Uh, interesting, if you guys followed along, we did talk a little bit about this on the Wednesday show. I was on there with Justin Carlucci, and we mentioned about the 3M and how maybe Wolf would be a good bet at 125 to one, uh, you know, and see where you're at with that. But also that if you remember the 3M, Bryson had to basically wait after needing an eagle on 18. Bryson plants it to five or six feet, whatever it was, eight feet. He plants it, posts the eagle, basically stands there and watches as Morikawa's approach shot goes long and as Wolf's approach shot hits green side, but not quite on the green and says, well, ma- mainly looks like unless one of them drains something, he's going to a playoff. So he sat there and watched as he should. And Wolf came up and drained it for Eagle to win the eventually win the tournament when Morikawa slid it by. Uh, if Armour doesn't make that shot off the fringe this week, it ends up being a final group of Bryce and Wolf. Would have loved to see that. That would have been absolutely phenomenal. And even then, I probably would have, uh, just out of the you know the fear of Bryson right now that everybody has, it would have been kind of different, I think, for a play like Wolf because then he has to go up against Bryson, a little bit more of that. But I think now he's talked about it all week in his interviews. If you guys watch, I think that's why I talk about it all the time. It's so important to watch the golf and see what's going on. Wolf has mentioned it more than one time about his mentality and his mindset. He's more prepared for this moment. He's played more rounds on tour. I don't think he's afraid of anything that Ryan Armour is going to be doing against him. So uh, we'll have to see. But Bryson did bounce back. So, I mean, those two together is going to be popular, but I don't think it's for a bad reason. I don't really, you know, see a lot of the game theory reason besides the ownership that you can, there is guys we can get unique with down here that we'll get to that. I just think Bryce, you know, Wolf is going to be able to put up a four or five under and at three shot lead 8,200, you know, I'm not completely ignoring the placement points. That's good to have. They don't get that little bit of a bonus there, but I think it's a pretty good spot to play him at 8,200 bucks with these four par fives. And what he's done has not been all putter or anything like that. He's been dialed in with everything. He looks good. He feels good. His mindset's in the right place. It's a long winded way of saying, I'm fine with this chalk to mention the guy at the top that mentioned, you know, are we here just talking about chalk plays? No, but in this case, in this scenario, it's, you know, fade at your own risk. I don't really want to fade it. I'd sooner go all in on a play like this at this price with a three-stroke lead at a course like this with the conditions we've got. So pretty much said everything I need to say there on that. Uh, Like I said, if it had been Ryan Armour, he's the guy I don't see with that firepower that Wolf has. I would have been more inclined to fade. The interesting part and why I put him in an odd green color here is just because it's kind of a big decision. You know, he's more of the Todd of last week. I'll be underweight on Armour. I don't think he continues what he did today. The course did get a little bit more firm and fast, and it will stay that way tomorrow. But I, you know, that can play to his advantage. But we still have to see him make quite a few shots. I mean, even the fringe putt on 18, it's just another way to suck you back in, I think. His irons have been on. He's been playing great golf. He's, you know, an interesting character. The way he's made his, you know, I think his first win was, you know, on the Corn Ferry Tour at age 40. Uh, so, I mean, like, he's definitely grinded his way back. I saw some stats on that today. It's interesting to see but you've got other plays around him, right? You've got McNeely, a guy who's an upside GPP scorer. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of these guys we talk about that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on. Trust me in my knowledge over the time and sake of the show that these guys can score and will. There's some comments I'll make on a few of them, but the other ones here I've got marked are Tringali. The thing is, I don't really think he can score like Wolf or Hubbard, um, you know, on any given week. It's going to be those guys that I would take over top of him. And this course, uh, he's been on with his approach, but it, it hasn't shown with that scoring. So I just don't think it's going to be the same. Similar to Kirk. I mean, Kirk is a guy, not necessarily you have to fully fade, but for me, he's not someone that excites me because he's up the board and a name that people have seen all week, but he's literally been chipping everything in on, on round three, I believe it was, or today was round three, sorry, of course, on round two, 
I haven't started drinking yet. I promise. I'm round two. He chipped two in. And then today he chipped another one in out of the bunker. It's not to say that he's not good at the, you know, scrambling and around the green and all that stuff. It's just that's going to skew the stats some. And, you know, it is what it is. You can play him if you want. He's not big on my list. I'd rather take some shots on these guys. Um, you know, Merritt, there's, he's been a lot of putter. Two out of three rounds, it's pretty much been all putter. But he is up the leaderboard. So I could see guys playing him. Probably not as high on him. Wesley Bryan, a lot of putter. But the thing about him and the reason I would take him over Merritt is a little more up the board or right there with him. But he has been solid with his irons. So I would still take him over a guy like Merritt. The thing about Higgs, and I marked him here, is... GPP upside scorer, people are just not going to go back to him. He had an atrocious round today. His first two rounds were actually really good. I don't know if he just, you know, he talked, even joked about the Tito's drinking and stuff on Twitter. I'm sure he had a couple last night or something. Maybe that's the case, or just doesn't care. But at the same time, professional golfer, he's here to win. I'm sure he cares. It's just, is he going to bounce back? I don't know. But it's a classic spot, kind of like a Xander a couple weeks ago where he had a poor round on Saturday and no one goes back to him on Sunday. And then of course he shows up, right? We all say the same thing. Of course Higgs shows up round four after he did nothing round three. So sprinkling him in, if you got 25 plus lineups, I don't mind it. He's uh, his game actually still rates out stats wise, very small sample size talking three rounds. But if I'm looking at guys for round four, I'm usually looking at how all three rounds look. And if you do erase some of today and just let that get out of your mind, he rates out. Okay. Lanto, uh, big score, big upside. Before this week, it was something like the most birdies and eagles coming in off the first three events. Obviously, he can go low at any time. He went low in round two. I think, uh, you know, people be soured on him a little bit after round three. You can definitely go back. This was where it got tough for me, and that's why I just marked them all very similar. These are going to be guys you're going to have to be, you know, sprinkle. If I had to mark two of them, for me, it's actually Seamus Power, and I'll go into it in a second, and Sam Burns. I just didn't put the notes beside Burns. Go back to the well with him. Champ and Grillo can score at any time, but obviously it's tough to trust Grillo at any round. Uh, we know he's got the ball striking, but will he have the putter? Again, that's why he's not the guy I would trust more for your three max, five max, something like that. I'd put Burns in or Power. And Power, what I want to make note of quick, is sitting way up the board versus the guys below. But I still, it's, I put May make him popular, but I just think because the guys around him, he never really gets that popularity. Hasn't really had the approach game all week. But if you look at a guy like Bryson we talked about or some of the others, neither have they. Um, he's a bomber. And he can put it out there. So if you're a bomber and you're putting it up there and you've got a little bit of that around the green game putter, which he does working for you, you can still make these birdies on all these par fives. I mean, it's enough sometimes at 7,400. And then what if, whoops, he pops in one of those Eagles or two of those Eagles. We've seen it, uh, you know, last week where a couple guys popped in multiple Eagles. I don't think it would be crazy to see here. I know it's Sunday pins and all, but when you got four tries and you got a bomber like that, uh, it's definitely possible. So, you know, champs another bomber that could do it. But I just like the fact that power is up there. And like I said, this course I see as a little bit different, as a little bit more scorable and gettable in the sense that I don't mind that. I'm not really looking for placement points. I'll just take them if I get them. So that's where I know one birdie can cancel out a 10th place or two birdies. I should say cancel out some of these big placement point scores, two extra birdies or an eagle, of course. But I'm not you know, going to shy away. If that's there, I'll take it as an added bonus. Um Getting down the board, and we're almost there. Danny Willett, safety play. Um, this would be more of your three to five max if you want to sort of, you know, single entry, something like that, where you want to get a safety play in. He's actually had a great week. Um, he's probably not going to go as low as the other guys around, so I'm not really advocating for him in something big like the $20 that pays the 100K up top because I don't think he's got, you know, a 65 bogey free in him. But, I, you know, I could see something there. No problem, do another 67. You know, where and I know it's your only cutting hairs with two points, but, you know, you, you know, you're two 
uh, strokes. But what I'm saying is I think there's other guys around him that we'll get to in a second that I would just play and take on more risk, less ownership, all that sort of thing for a spot like that. But he's not as high up on my list. Uh, Norlander is a little bit. So Norlander has been on with his irons all week. Nobody's ever been on him. Uh, He's had some great rounds. Putter hasn't really got super hot, but he still scored pretty well. He also rated very highly coming in on the long term with par five scoring. Again, keep mentioning that because there is four of them here. Uh, He could pop. I think 7,200, he's the guy you want to take risk with in something like the $20 and just hope he has one of those big 50-point rounds that can really score for your lineup at just 7,200. Also, back to the top where I mentioned, if you're trying to lock in Bryson Wolf Webb or something like that, he's a guy that you're going to have to get down to this range that I think he's a good play. Excuse me, two more plays. Luke List, um, same thing as Norlander, just probably better, really. I mean, a winner on Corn Ferry Tour, I think the guy you know we've been waiting on, that it was a, just a few weeks ago when he got the Corn Ferry Tour win, we've been waiting on him to get the PGA Tour win. He had a chance at the uh, Honda a couple years back when JT pulled it from him in a playoff. But cheap, up the leaderboard, stats are solid all rounds, came back correct in round three again, 7,000 straight. I think that's a very fair price. He's kind of like a Burns there. These guys, you know, do or they don't. I'll mark this one up. I still kind of like Burns, like I said. So if you can't quite fit a Burns, I'm okay with going to a guy like List as sort of a similar play or secondary look. I think a guy like Rogers gets a little bit more play here at the same price. And I kind of like what List has been doing better. So I'm going to take a stand there and say I like List. Shank, nobody likes to play this guy. Definitely want to get some shares. Pretty good, pretty good week across the board. We know he can go low. Showcased again in round three with a six under round, uh, again, can score. Long-term, it fits. But will he do it round-to-round basis? Who knows? But that's why you're taking the risk in something like the $20. So definitely like him at 6900 Here's where it gets interesting. Put in bold right here. Do not really like, don't really like these guys down here, but they make the multi-star, sort of the multi-star lineups work. So when I talked a second ago about Bryson Webb, Bryson Hovland, Webb Hovland, Decky, Finau, all those guys getting mixed together, Instead of balancing out, if you want to try some of these guys, these will be the guys I take my chances on. Uh, K.H. Lee, I think a lot of people like Siwoo a little bit more. I, again, can he pop? Sure. But K.H. Lee also can pop. Solid rounds of three golf, th- solid three rounds of golf stats-wise. Couldn't really make a putt in round three to save his life, but he stayed on with his approach play. So I do like that. Kevin Chappell, a lot of putter, so I'm not in love with him as far as stats go. A lot of what he's been doing was with the putter, but he's at least a lot cheaper than Merritt, Wesley Bryan, um, he's similar. He's pretty much in the same spot as them for a lot cheaper. So I definitely don't like him. Don't mind him at 6,600. Then you drop down. These guys are really stretch or reach plays. There's only one that I'm really, you know, willing to mark down here and I'll get to it in a second. Zach Sutra. I put, you know, DFS darling, hashtag don't fade me, bro. This guy likes to talk shit on Twitter a little bit about don't fade him. And he's been correct every single time with it. So, uh, you know, people want to make fun of it, but again, another bomber type, sort of a cheaper version of like the Seamus power up there. Can he do that again on Sunday? Again, you're taking the risk, but you got to have some of these guys. Chris Stroud, another cheap play. A lot of putter, but he has at least gained on on approach. Been able to score a little bit along the way. Another cheap guy down at the bottom. The one I didn't mark up, and I said I'll mark him. He hasn't done anything all week. I'm not in love with this play. It's sort of a narrative-only play, but if you guys don't know, I mentioned the Hovland-Wolf connection. Ventura is the other um, OSU guy there that played with those guys in, in college. So uh, I'll save this here with him in it. It's again, pure narrative. If you want to get your Hovland Wolf Ventura lineups going for the Sunday orange, and maybe even chuck a little Ricky in there for the OSU quad some and, and get that rolling. 
you never know what can fit around it, and that could be a lineup that could work. Uh, Ventura definitely can play. He's been on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's had some upside there. He's got experience on the PGA Tour, not a lot, but enough. Uh, to, to sneak into your lineups at 6,500. So if you want to go that way with the all Cowboys lineup, you can definitely do it. Um, Fabian Gomez, sort of like the guys I mentioned above, he's one of the ones that's up the leaderboard and has the stats to match it. Don't think anyone's going to play him. Don't mind him at 6,400. Not really big on Scott Harrington, but I marked him here just so you guys know, uh, you know, a lot of putter. Again, not the, not the stats I'm looking for going into the final round, not the upside or the firepower I'm looking for near the top. So make it some love on the people that want to build those lineups that, Cards were shown off last week in his video where he just sort of put the lineup together of all the top guys that are at the top of the leaderboard right now. I definitely don't see those lineups working really any week, uh, but especially this week. The only ones that, that's I said, I see Wolf, I see Webb, I see Bryson, but then I really like the chasers after that. And you don't have to play all three together. As I mentioned, it's a strategy that you could, but then obviously you're mixing a lot of these guys that I mentioned down here. I'll take some shots with lineups like that for the big upside, but I'm not expecting them to have, you know, the optimal upside that you'd want. I just, you have to take shots like that and they can get there. And the last guy, the one that I said, I'd be willing to mark. I kind of got a thing. I I like Chris Baker down here. Uh, Again, I think you got to have 20 plus lineups to go this route, but solid round three again, um, solid stats across the board for the entire weekend. Any placement points would be a bonus, but 6,200, he allows you to do a lot. Uh, and then maybe one more, Jonathan Bird, uh, another guy you see a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour, some of these birdie fests on the PGA Tour, but Baker would be my play there. And I'll mix him in. Uh, don't be uh, you know surprised to see him in my lineups. If he has a good round, hopefully see me up the board. Like I said, I'm looking for the baby swag lag on Sunday with round four, where I really want to get that stuff going, right? I want to see these guys have a good Sunday. I want to see something happen. I'm going to hop back over here. I'm trying to get to the lineup optimizer just so you guys can see that for a second. I'm going to look back at the chat just to see any questions here with you guys while I'm I'm live. Do you guys want to throw some in there? Seamus to talk about a little bit. Seamus Power. Uh, I don't normally go back and forth to the chat too much, guys, because I'm you know i pretty set on where I'm going with stuff, and I want to just give you as much direct information as possible. But yeah, a lot of stuff from Main Slate didn't get there. You know, I know that a lot of people are talking about that. Just one thing I will say is, you know, and I mentioned it a little bit when I talked about a guy like Harold Varner, is don't shy away from the Main Slate stuff just because it didn't work out. For the guys I'm talking about that obviously made the cut that are in your lineups right now, I think a lot of people like to hedge. That's to each their own. Uh, you know, I'm team hedge life normally. But in, you know, I've learned the hard way in showdown a lot of times, you can't let those biases go away or try and hope that one lineup gets there and even if your shot, you know, your showdown lineup gets there, but it hurts your main back and forth. I just don't see that work a lot. So uh, not really something I'm going to do. What I am going to say here with you guys, I've got our lineup HQ builder up. I know that this is a free show this week. Again, want to mention it, guys. Normally, this is a premium show. We appreciate you all attending this week. And, you know, again, happy holiday to you as far as Independence Day. The fourth goes. If you can like and subscribe, that'd be great on the channel. If you do like what you've heard and want to hear more with us going forward, you can go to rotogrinders.com slash premium. Check us out. All the stuff that we do. Like I said, we got Notorious, STL Cards, TJL5124. Having a pretty good week, it looks like, out there. Uh, Cards, another guy, looks like having a pretty good week out there. And then a lot of other guys and girls that we're bringing to the team that just do some awesome stuff. Excited for what we've got ahead. But what I would say is, if you don't normally have access to this builder, that's what I'm going to spend a little bit more time on for this last 10 to 15 minutes. Maybe less, I'm not sure here. But I want to show you guys just what we can do with it and why I think it's so powerful. Um, As far as building the pool goes, we'll get to it. Uh, as far as how to do it, what I tell people every week on this during the premium version, guys, 
is I literally just gave you all the plays that I like. I'm not really going to sway too far away. That's why I'm telling you it. I'm direct. That's who I'm on. The green players are the plays I like more and will have heavier ownership on. The builds will look very similar to the strategies that I talked about. And then as far as you know how you build them, if you've got access to Land of HQ, you can screenshot that stuff, take pictures of it, whatever you want to do, flip back and forth between the video and pause it and this and go back and forth and build your pool out that way to get it down to what it is. Obviously, if you've got it, you've got access here. You're going to have the projections by Notorious. You're going to have ownership projections in there, all that sort of stuff. But I want to talk a little bit about my build rules for this week. I'm going to reset them quick. And we'll talk through it. Uh, You know, I'm not 100% set on this right now, but usually it looks something like this. And what I tell people is I'll usually set it up for the optimal. So I'll leave the zero. I'll leave lineups to produce one, you know, sorry, I'll go to like five here. And this is just what I'm going to do quickly to show you guys what I normally do in here and why I think it's, you know, a good tool. Let's say I set it to a couple uniques because obviously we're pretty set. I'm okay with some of the chalk. I like to set this to something like 80, not quite a hundred, but I want to see who it's going to give me the most of. I also want to use this. Basically, I'm trying to mimic what I think. I'm not trying to come, you know, be down on anybody here, but what I'm trying to say is I want to see what the player who's maybe not playing it so optimal is going to build. So I'm going to build it, you know, 49.5 to 50. I'm going to say we're not changing much. We're leaving it to what that looks like. The optimizer will require you to change some settings here. So I'm just going to go to the bottom for a second and say that I don't like McNeil and I don't like, uh, you know, Bo Van Pelt. Let's just say you got to make a couple changes to let it work. I could have just adjusted their percentages, but let's just build these five lineups right quick going to show you a couple things. Ownership's not loaded yet, so I can't really utilize that to my full advantage. But what you'll see right away is Varner and Champ are guys that it likes based on the projections. Uh, You know, look at some of the other plays as they go along. I'm sure it'll load up more. I only did five to see that, but it's kind of if you're looking, the reason I want to see that is because I want to see who it's going to be putting more. And another way to do it here is I can go to points per dollar and see who it actually likes, you know, more of. So, you know, likes Matsuyama, he had a great round today. It likes Varner. It likes Burns. It likes some of these guys. Uh, If I go over here to, whoops, I'm going to go here to the pricing. I can also then see at the top with Bryson and Webb, you'll see here. Okay, so it's got them at the same points per dollar. And these might not even be updated yet. These, And that's one thing you'll have to see um, becoming a premium member. This will probably get updated uh, later. I just noticed this myself. That's my bad that it's showing up here as July 3rd still. But when it's updated, we'll see how that breaks down and I'll do the same thing. So at least you have my process of how I'm doing it. But what I want to see here is, you know, what it's going to here. And it's kind of similar. So if you do want to take a stand, you can either adjust these projections or you can just set your min and max. If you're saying, look, I'm okay with 80% Bryson. I think he's the dude this week that I want to go after. You can set your max up on someone like Webb to say 30. If you say, look, player groups, you can do this. You can say, uh, I don't want. Bryson and Webb in the same lineup. I know that Tambo just went through it all and said that's a strategy you could do, but it's not for me. I don't like those risky lineups. You can set it up to say at most one player of Bryson and Webb and do that sort of thing. The reason I was looking up at the chalk, and I'm sorry that it's not updated. I apologize again, but like the Varner champ thing was sort of a thing for today. That's what it's loading from guys right now is round three. Um, You might've said, look, those guys are popping up in 80% of my lineups. I really kind of only like one or the other together. There's no harm, no foul. I'm putting them together, but I'm saying you could set it up in a way to say, I know that the average person using lineup HQ or these projections, and a lot of projections are similar across the industry or people are using aggregate projections. I like these projections. I think Noto is one of the sharpest in the game when it comes to that. And I'll use them. He, you know, 
for someone who's sharp at something like outlaw, of course, they're going to be damn good when it comes to PGA. So I'm going to trust that. But I just want to bring that up for a second because when you're going to your groups and you could see Barner and Champ were popping up quite a bit, that's where I might take a stand and just say, look, I know that this might be risky. I know that the reason they're popping up together in a lot of lineups is because of the point for dollar value. And yes, they, they fit together just fine with their price points. The thing for me is I also know that it looks like they're going to be extremely high, an extremely high-owned combination. And it's, that's where I'm willing to take on the risk because there's plenty of guys at these tags that are, el- that are eligible to beat this. So just an example of some of the groups. Now, let's get back for a second to these build rules, something that I'm going to do because I think, like I said, it's going to be chalky and because I'm okay with some of that chalk with Webb, Bryson, Hideki, Hovland, Finau, you know, uh, Wolf, of course, guys that I mentioned, I'm probably going to strike this thing out to a little bit further the normal, you can go more. It's up to you. You know, I'm kind of liking somewhere 20, 15, 25 range. I don't want to get too far away because like I said, I trust these projections that Noto's put together, but I know other people do as well. And I'm playing, you know, on a 25,000, 30,000 man field where I do want to stretch this thing out a little bit. And I do want it to be a little bit more unique. And I'll just, you know, I'm very narrative based. I know it's a free show, maybe some new eyes on it, but I'm going to chuck lucky 21 on there, right? A little blackjack, throw that out there, put that number out and see what comes up. I'm going to do, you know, 50 lineups, normally something like this. Uh, if you, Even if you're doing 150, what I will say is there is no harm in building them in batches of 50 and getting a little bit unique that way. Yes, of course, you know, everyone says, I've got 150 built around the same core. You have more bullets at the top. Sure. But you got to remember, most people are only chucking 20 lineups in this thing anyway. Um, so, and it's a large field, no matter what, you're 50, you're 150, whatever. Again, this is a to each their own thing. But for me, I don't mind building them in sets of 50. And then knowing that if one of my core sets get there, I still got 50 shots at it. It's not like I only have two or three that can get right. I've got 50 shots that can get up there. So going to start with this. Unique players, it's up to you, um, two or three. I know I'm already building it with, you know, like I said, a lot of the chalk. So it's up to you. I'm going to leave it at two for right now. And then I'm not going to lock anybody. I'm going to leave it at something like 80 and, and let that come up. And the one thing I mentioned too, when I was looking at, you know, like I said, doesn't mean anyone's wrong doing this. But I definitely don't mind stretching it down, honestly, even to like 48000 um, for the final round. Now, again, the obvious point is this. You got to look at pricing. You got to look at how you want to build your lineups, what you trust, whether you believe what I'm saying or not. If you're going to have Webb, Bryson, and Wolf lineups, you can put this or whatever you want. And guess what? It's going to tag you up somewhere around here because that's what it has to, to make it fit. But again, I'm trying to build more lineups and see what I can get to spit out around that. And so when you do something like this, again, I apologize because it's not going to be fully updated, but I still, I'm showing you guys my process. You guys can use this to your own. I kind of like this in a sense that not everybody's getting to get to see the super duped um, optimal lineup with my settings that I set up. But again, you'll see what happens here is now it's brought me 35 guys. You saw my list that I just posted with my spreadsheet. I had around 10 or 11 green plays around 20, 25 of the other. That's 30 to 35 plays. This is fitting just right. It's not giving me too much of anybody. But again, especially if you're doing 150, you can space this out. I also don't really care about these. You know, cards has got me onto this. So one of the other process pieces would be, if you want, again, like I said, if you don't mind trimming your pool down some, you can just do this. Another great feature of Lineup HQ. Make them all six. Again, only showing this from a process standpoint. Go back up and rebuild. Don't even care about what those lineups were. Looking at the next build. It kept me with 35. It didn't quite get to what I wanted. Again, you got to fiddle around with it. You got to play with it. 
Or you can just strike them out. If you say, honestly, I don't care about, you know, these couple guys at the bottom. Again, it's not using the right guys right now. I apologize. But just to show you again, keep messing with it. Keep getting your builds. We'll see build four come up. And look, only five or six guys now. So again, that's where you might just want to say, I'm okay with this. I can strike them out that way. You can look at lineups this way. So you can see just your cam champ lineups with this. You can see, um, you know, I took the rule off. It's still not, so it it still didn't give me any, which is good. Rogers are both heavily owned. This is now going to give me, I believe all the lineups. Yeah. Rogers and him together. So you can see that all together of those lineups. There's seven containing Cameron champ and a rod, which in this case would be Patrick Rogers, right? You can draw it right out. And it would bring those up. So all that sort of thing. The only other thing I'll show you guys before we get out of here, and I'll check the questions quick before I go, is right here in the build rules, what I mentioned at the top is when I did my optimal settings and I just built five lineups, it also would have given me right here a projected ownership. And it and normally it's pretty chalky because like I said, the optimal builds are typically going to, let's say it's 120 or 130. I might come back here and just to be different, pop in something like uh, 90. Or, you know, in my case, I might do something like 86 and just do something weird like that, you know, pop in a number so that you can have a lot less and then just see what those builds look like. Again, I'm not saying commit to it, but when I press build again, it would have brought me up lineups that couldn't go any more than 86 in this range. So while they will project slightly lower there in some cases, even not, they would sometimes they're right there. That's sort of the point. You know, you'll have a lesser own, more leveraged lineup that you can beat other lineups and leverage those lineups with your pool that you've got stuff that aren't going to be as duped without having to worry so much about that salary situation. And that's how people are going to get unique in these tournaments and go from there. So I hope that answers your questions uh, as far as, you know, what I'm doing for this week, just trying to see what it looks like here. So I went through the build rules. People asked about that. Um, Let's see guys that had opportunities and just missed them. So some of the guys that missed people want Bryson to win. Yeah. So I think that's it guys. We'll, We'll wrap it up with that. I think it's a lot. Um, I know it's a holiday, so you guys can get out back there. If you're you know, watching this, I do appreciate it. Obviously, get a lot on the go with probably family, friends, some good eats and stuff like that. So uh, post the pictures. I love some good food picks, some uh, you know, smoker stuff. I, I'm not quite Mark Zuckerberg with the smoked meats, but I definitely do like to see all that stuff out on Twitter when you guys post it out, some of the big barbecues or grill outs, whatever you guys call them, down there in my southern friends. So appreciate you guys. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo, you can definitely DM me there. Hit me up with some feedback if you liked it. Um, at me, whatever you want to do. If you guys got some feedback or questions more after this. Also, if you're a premium member in the Roto Grinders Discord, same tag at Tortag and Tambo. Hit me up there. Other, other than that, guys, happy holidays again. Appreciate you all so much. You know where to go. Like and subscribe this video. If you love what you see, sign up at rotogrinders.com slash premium. And good luck in Sunday round four. Thank you for your time.